This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Again, you got the number 844-SAY-ACCN. So what's up? Um, historic day on this fine Packer and Durham program, show 628. Historic. Because in the next hour, we welcome V.V. Van Ingen, the coxswain of the Atlantic Coast Conference champion rowing Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, you should not be surprised. You should not. Anybody who has watched this show with any regularity, especially on Fridays, <laughs> should not be surprised. Oh, boy. That the Wahoo Waz went down to Lake Hartwell. What have I been preaching? Not saying, preaching. Virginia H2O. H2O plus Wahoos equals title. Yeah, that's it. And every Friday, because somebody had to do it, and I decided to take responsibility. (laughs) Represent America. Well, at least the Atlantic Coast Conference. That's it. The Pac-Man rowing rankings. Yeah, ironclad, by the way, ironclad rowing rankings. I would have to say, not to get on the high horse, that the rankings were incredibly accurate because I kept telling you Virginia is number one. That's Vivi with her back to you, Pac. I understand. You don't have to tell me who that is. I know (laughs) I'm the one who gives the ranking. You you talk to me like I don't know what I'm talking about. Unlike BPI, which I keep telling you is just ridiculous, and FPI, which is a total farce, Pac-Man's rowing rankings, incredibly accurate. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Absolutely. And there were people speculating, oh, Pac-Syracuse. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know Syracuse has won some regattas. I got them up to number two until yeah. Mark Emmert displaced them that one particular week because yeah. Emmert's really good at sitting them down and going backwards. Yeah. But uh, Virginia is number one in rowing for yep. the 12th consecutive year. The Pac-Man rankings will come out here momentarily. The final and official. Are there more? What do you mean are there more? Are there more rankings? Well, let me ask you a question, big man. When we get done with the final four and we get done with the college football season, do we not have rankings that come out? Yes or no? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So why would we do that with the Pac-Man yeah, rowing rankings? Uh, that's it. Okay, we're good. Are those coming today or Friday? Do you not read the notes for the show? Are you? Do you just roll in here at six fifty-five and no, 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 no. get a cup of coffee? I got and do right no here. homework. Here they are. I saw them. Oh no! Now you see them. Now that you've been embarrassed to look at them, should we unveil those now? Uh sure. Let's do that. Let's do it. Final Pac-Man rowing rankings, incredibly <laughs> accurate. Number one, as I've been telling you for the last six weeks, Wahoo Wah. Virginia's one. Syracuse Duke. Three, Clemson, four, Miami up to five, Louisville, six, Notre Dame, seven, BC, eight, North Carolina, nine, and number 10, the coveted 10 spot, Phil Mickelson's PGA title defense. Not going to happen. Not happening. So, Phil, you are 10th this week, but congratulations to Virginia. The Pac-Man rowing rankings, 100% accurate every single week, unlike BPI and FPI. All right. There you go. There Virgi- you have it. Virginia, by the way, uh, awaits the selection show for the NCAA Rowing Championships, which, by the way, are in uh, Sarasota, Florida, on May 27th through the 29th. You know, I'm just saying. And those announcements uh, will come tomorrow. What's the dates on that again? 27th through the 29th in Sarasota. Of the month of uh, May. Oh, I won't be. No, be. you will not be able to attend. Won't be there. You'll be at the I'll be at a different AC lake. Roma game or something. I'll be at the, a different lake, as in, in Como. Como. Yeah, you'll be watching the rowing at Como. Yeah. Hey, George Clooney, could you scoot over to the right a second? 
If you have to ask George Clooney to scoot over to the right. What would you do if I bumped into George Clooney next week? Would that be well, a classic? Well, first of all, if you bump into George Clooney next week, yeah. uh, you're going to do something you don't do. What's that? Take a selfie. Uh, I've, ta- I've taken one selfie this year. That's with my friend Jimmy, Jimmy Pataro <laughs> That's of ESPN, who runs the show. Yeah, runs the of entire ESPN. network. Yeah, chairman. Of I've ESPN. taken a selfie with my friend Jimmy, and that's it. Yeah. I'm not a selfie guy. That's right. So if you see George, but Clooney, he asked me. I said, "Sure, Jimmy, for you, what do you want?" <laughs> I said, "He, uh, he goes, he fat said, pack." He goes, "Listen, I normally don't do this. Would you take a selfie?" I said, "Sure." Hey, jeez. Yeah, here it is. So if you see George Clooney, you'll take a selfie. Uh, I'm sensing if I see George Clooney, I'll be taking a picture of Mrs. P with George Clooney. Oh, that, I, there we that's go. how I think that would yeah, work that's out. That's probably how my that wife would do this, honey. This. What about Gigi and Emmy? Uh, they'd, they'd probably get a shot. They'd probably want Clooney to probably be too. hugging all the yeah, Packer girls, yeah. and I'll be over there, like you know, hanging Hi, on I'm the Mark edge. And I'm Mark, yeah, I got a I'm Mark bottle of red in my back pocket. There you go. So congratulations to Virginia. V.V. Van Ingen uh, at 8.15 this morning. Her debut, Virginia rowing debut, all sorts of things. We had all kinds of champions this uh, weekend. We though. sure did because Florida State won the softball championship. Rallied. Yep. Rallied and, past uh, Duke. Rallied past Clemson. Clemson beat Virginia Tech in order to get there. Florida State, a big winner. And the Knolls scored four runs in the bottom of the sixth to erase the deficit and beat the Tigers 8-6 to capture the ACC Softball Championship, their 18th ACC title and 7th in the last eight years uh, for Lonnie Almeida. Um, And they are now one of six ACC teams. Florida State, they're the number two national seed. But yesterday, Catherine Sandercock and the Seminoles capture the Atlantic Coast Conference Championship. That was Saturday. Or Saturday, rather, I should say. Yeah, I watched yep. it Saturday. If, I, yep. if you watched it yesterday, you saw it on replay. That's that would probably be about right. But this is a talented bunch. Now, this is why we kept saying last week, man, can mm-hmm. you believe Florida State is a three seed in the yeah. ACC tournament? It just shows you how good this mm-hmm. league is and how deep. And, of course, you found out yesterday, six teams, as you pointed out, West Durham, six, count mm-hmm. them, are good to go, including Georgia Tech, who's in for the first time since 2012. Yeah. First time in 10 years. Ailey Morales has done a fantastic job with Georgia Tech. They're in the bracket with the 14th national seed, and that's Florida. Georgia Tech will play Wisconsin. Uh, Notre Dame is in the bracket with number nine seed Northwestern. They'll meet McNeese State. The other four ACC teams are all national seeds. Florida State is two. Virginia Tech is three, and that caused a little bit of conversation among the committee, it sounds like, in the comments last night during the bracket show. Clemson is the 10 seed nationally, and Duke, Marissa Young's team, is the 12 seed. Virginia Tech, Clemson, Duke host for the first time since dirt. How about that? Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. But we so, knew, the, listen, the league's been really good and consistently good. Five teams ranked in the top 25 all year long. We talked about the two beasts at the top. Right. Virginia Tech, of course, goes 21-2 and two in the regular season and gets knocked out early mm-hmm. by Clemson. And, of course, Florida State, we know how great Lonnie's group is, and here they go. So, yep. uh, will not surprise me if a couple make it to Oklahoma City. Would uh, not surprise me. Along those lines, Kaylee Harding will be here at 9-15 this morning. She's from the uh, champion Seminole softball team. So we're looking Debut. Talking to Kaylee Harding. 9-30, Dana Boyle. Catch us up on all the lacrosse. Boy, Virginia had a tough day yesterday, didn't Carolina it? won 24-2. to 24-2. Let me tell you something. Last night, I'm watching my beloved San Francisco Giants get humiliated by Aaron Katzman's St. Louis Cardinals. 
Albert Pujols closed the game. Right. That's how bad it got for the uh, right. vaunted Giants. Yeah, there, there were people in the stands going, hey, I'll pitch you the ninth against these guys. And that's how bad it was last night. All right. How'd the weekend go? Lost all of them, didn't you? No. Oh, sorry. Do you do you follow sports? What is that sport? <laughs> what are you doing over there? <laughs> did we lose them? No, no. We did not lose all of them. You just lost two of the three. Oh, two of the three. Okay. So I'm watching that nonsense. Cardinals kind of got your number though, didn't they? Take did they take two or three the weekend before? Or Th- one that three? would not be accurate oh, either. Okay. Do, do you watch any baseball? No. Then why are you talking about it? I was just asking. Well, yeah, I know, but I remember I no, saw. You're, a, you're not asking. You're telling I th- me. I thought you I lost saw, all of them, right? No, no, I didn't. I saw a score where the Cardinals had beaten the Giants the weekend before, maybe one of the three. That was it. No, that's not accurate either. They lost all three. No, that's not accurate either. Oh. They played a four-game series. Oh, okay. They won the first two. Giants won the next. Oh, two. god. Okay, they split the four, and then this weekend the Cardinals won two or three. That now you're finally catching Gotta up. Gotta be careful of Cardinals now. Yeah. No, I don't. You know why? Why we don't see them again? That's it. That's it. We're done for them. We're done. So, to get back to the story. Yes, sir. I'm watching Aaron Katzman's guys just kill my guys last night. I'm like, oh, let me see what else is on. Yeah. I, can't, I can't watch this. Watch anymore. the Suns and the Mavs. No, no. I mean, again, I see the North Carolina beats Virginia 24 to 2. I'm like, oh, I feel better about my team. I mean, 24 to 2 because yeah. of the final score. Yeah. But then I keep channel surfing. Yeah. Where's that NBA game? Is it on ABC? No. Is it on ESPN? No. No. Where is it? Oh, it's one of those stupid TBS channels. Like one of those, like 800 TBS channels. TNT. Like, yeah, I never remember. Like the NCAA True tournament. True TV and all that. I don't watch TBS ever. Except that. Unless it's the NCAA tournament. Then I got to remember, all right, where's True TV? I, you know, you remember. So, so I'm finding the NBA game. It's on TBS, one of the t- TNT, TBS. It's they're TNT, all the yeah. And Drew Brooks, boys. Yeah, sons. I, the Giants were down 11 nothing when I turned it off. Yeah. When I found the NBA game, yeah. I'm thinking of Drew Brooks. I'm thinking of Casey, right? Because Casey, Casey's Mavs she's, fan. She's a big Mavs fan. Ooh, you got big. Brooks, big Suns fan. So big, yeah. game seven, losing the town match. By the time I flipped it over, it was 63 to 27. Yeah. And I went, what? Yeah. 63 27. At halftime, Luka Doncic had scored as many points as the Suns had. God. So, you know, I would rather get beat. This could be a question, goofball question. I'd rather get beat. In a game seven by 30, then lose at a buzzer beater. Would you agree with that? Because if he, when you get humiliated like that, you kind of like, we never had a chance. Oh, like, I got like this thing was over. The way it went for the Suns last night, 30 was actually good because I think they trailed by 43. <laughs> Whatever. At 63 27, believe me, my interest in watching that game on a scale of one to 10 was a negative 42. Yeah. Which is about how far they were behind. The sad part for me was I drove, you know, from Georgia back up here for this week and last night. Did you take the private jet? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I, I drove up and I said, well, I want to be there in time to see the beginning of the Suns and Mavericks. I want to be there, you know, have dinner whatnot, make sure I'm there for the game. So I settled in and I turned it on. And six minutes in, it was a no-doubter. Gosh. Pack six minutes into the game. That's the home team getting smoked. Oh, in you know, front of like I mean, stunned. When the ball went in the air to start the game, that place was jumping. I bet. And in the first four minutes, good night. Oh, Billy Packer said it was over. Did, did you see? Well, I don't know when you turned it on. I but just went. Did, I just told you at half. I turned it on. It was sixty. I just okay. Said that's half. Sixty. It was the third quarter. Third quarter. Okay. But they had 27 at halftime, the Suns did. I don't know. They did. They only had 27 points. So, because Doncic had as many as they did. 
that game in like eight minutes in was a train wreck. Wow. And then you like when you turned it on, you saw the third quarter, you saw the empty seats, and nobody came back. Well, why would you? I mean, I, I'm no disrespect. A lot of big money in them tickets. I understand now. that, but I'm not sitting there watching somebody get beat by 50. No, I hear you. Once you're down half a hundred, I'm tapped out. Right. I don't care if it's college football, NBA, rowing, whatever. Right. I got you. You're down 50, I'm gone. I'm yeah. not hanging around for it. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get you caught up on the lacrosse. Um, and plenty more on this weekend. Plus, uh, some thoughts from Amelia Allen as well. Um, we'll get to that at the bottom of the hour. But when we come back, the uh, card in uh, women's and men's lacrosse. We will touch on that when we continue. Packer and Durham on a Monday on this, the ACC Network. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. <laughs> Packer and Durham, from the basement, 844-SAY-ACCN. Fuller, so excited. Watch your step, Fuller. Buddy West is back. He's leaning up against him. Chester's going to get the major cut. Today. You noticed Captain Ron bailed out of here after the first segment. Well, everything's Cause good. Because he, he fed Fuller, and I'm going to oh, get yeah. out of here before trouble Sulfur starts. biscuits, 830. Yeah. Great. Great works. All right, uh, let's get you caught up on lacrosse. Now, remember... The ACC, well represented on the women's side, right? Right. Men, one side. One, one, one team. team. Virginia. Virginia. It was a good weekend, though, for the Hoops. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there are three ACC women's teams left uh, for the quarterfinals. Uh, Pac already told you, Carolina early and often on Ooh, Virginia. 24-2. to 24-2, to and they got goals from 14 different players. Yeah. Now, look, you know, the old line, they only had two. And that's two more than you and me, and we didn't even play. Well, I was going to say, you know, the 24 is impressive, but I'm more impressed with the two. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think that's the point. I mean, we know Jamie Ortega and that her crew, they're going to score. But, man, defensively, Taylor Moreno is no joke. We had her on the show a couple of weeks ago. She's yep. fantastic. In between the pipes, and guess what? North Carolina is the number one overall seed, and they're proving it. Yep. 24 to 2. Dana Boyle will join us coming up in the third hour of yep. the show. Carolina's sixth appearance in the quarterfinals in the last seven years. Uh, they get Stony Brook on Thursday. Um, Actually, Stony Brook gets them. That's true. That's Stony Brook's pretty good, you know, kind of a gritty team. We'll talk to Dana about that. But that's, a, that's an interesting quarterfinal game. Has anybody done a better job taking over a program with buckets of tradition? Then Kayla Trainer has at Syracuse. Pretty strong. I mean, Megan Tyrell, five goals. Kimber Hauer, 11 saves. Syracuse a winner. They beat Princeton 13-9 to yesterday. Um, Olivia Adamson, three goals. Jenny Markey, two goals and assists. Syracuse now will meet the four-seed Northwestern in the quarters on Thursday. Um, again, Gary Gate, phenomenal job with women's lacrosse at Syracuse, but – Kayla Trainer's gone in there and just kept the momentum rolling now. Uh, and injuries me, and everything else, too. Call me crazy, whether it be the men's side or the ladies' side. I kind of like it when the ACC beats the Ivy League. <laughs> I got to tell you. <laughs> don't, don't ask me why, because I really shouldn't have anything against the Ivies. Right. I mean, they're all the next presidents sure. of the United States yeah. up there and all that cool stuff. But there's something about the ACC beating the Ivy League. In this sport, I, yeah. I kind of brings a smile to my face. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all the presidents unless Snowden runs. Uh, right? Charles, we, don't, we don't talk politics. That's right. Charles Snowden, next president. Um, 
All right, BC a winner. They beat the Pioneers of Denver 13-8. to Guess who was hot? Here she comes. Here she comes. Sets might, records. Might have been, you know, a little, little off game maybe during the ACC. Not now. Nope, here comes Charlotte North. Yeah, nice try. Gosh. Nice try. Good night. Won a three Eagles with at least three goals. She had four in the win. Charlotte North doing Charlotte North things. Look at that. What are we doing here? Around the corner. Forget it. There you go. Point blank range. You can go to bed. It's all she wrote. So the Uh, ACC, number one, number three, number five seed nationally all advanced. And broke the NCAA's all-time goals record held by Courtney Murphy. Charlotte now with 345 career goals. So congratulations to her. They'll get Loyola of Maryland on Thursday uh, in Newton. Uh, Duke lost to Maryland. The Terps are the real deal now. 19-6 the final. Uh, the second-ranked Maryland team uh, in the game yesterday. Blue Devils closed their season 16-4 and overall. 16 wins tied for third most in program history. Well, Maryland's the real deal on both sides. They are the team to beat on the men's side. Mm-hmm. Virginia gets them next on Sunday on the men's side. Yep. Maryland's number one. Maryland's number two on the ladies' side, but it's going to go through Chapel Hill yep. until proven otherwise. Yep. Uh, UVA scored eight straight uh, to beat Brown on the men's side. Oh, too bad, Brown. The, the final 17-10, to 10, another tough one for the Ivy. Tough. <laughs> you know, I think we should put every team in the Ivy League in the tournament. Stop. Really? I mean, you know, yeah. here's Notre Dame sitting home going, yeah, really, Brown? Yeah, Seriously, Brown. you should be in before us? Yeah. Give me a break. I mean, I, I had about five or six people who are Notre Dame folks contact me. Did you? Yeah. They were up. And I don't blame you because Notre Dame got absolutely – Hosed by the NCAA committee, men's yeah. lacrosse. So uh, pathetic. UVA gets number one Maryland on Sunday, as you said. So uh, the two-time defender, Lars Tiffany, mm-hmm. that's the showdown. There you go. Connor Schnellenberger went off. Mm-hmm. Went off. I like that. By the way, can we re-rack the video real quick? The orange helmets. Did you see the orange helmets in the video? I, I watched. It took I me watched. back to the uh, old football, football years of. Uh, they used to have the word Virginia written all over it. Well, remember, they, that? remember they had the circle with the V in it, too? Yeah. yeah that's what I'm talking about. That's the old kind of like Don the, Lawrence Cavaliers. Yeah, you know what? I kind of like, though, the new Virginia look. I do, too. Yeah. I do. I know, you're talking about the old school Virginia look. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, like that I, orange. I like the new school better. I do. Yeah. Cavaliers. Uh, when they used to have just the entire name Virginia written on, I was like, "Oh, in the in the plain blocks, yeah. God, look like the Cincinnati Bengals." That looked like a bad class project that got approved. What team are you, Bengals? What Virginia. Team are you? Virginia. <laughs> Come on, man! You got to be a little better. You got to be better now. So, um, but uh, you didn't. Uh, I'm sorry, Duke lost, but everything else pretty clear cut, didn't you think? A lot of chalk. Yeah. Boy, Carolina, holy smokes. 24, BC. Now, see, Charlotte North gets cranked up again. Here we go. I would love to see three on the ladies' side, three get in the final In Baltimore? That would be sweet. Get three of the four in there. And we get North Carolina and BC one more time. Virginia's sitting there going, hey, what about us? Yeah. So Or Syracuse. I'm sitting Syracuse, I'm Virginia. yeah. Virginia, um, Virginia said, please, I don't want any more of North Carolina. Yeah, but um, – and then Lars Tiffany at Maryland, right? Playing at Maryland? Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Pretty big. Two-time defender against the number one. And everybody who really loves and knows this sport says that Maryland is the clear-cut team to beat on the men's side. They're one, and everybody's chasing. 
Same thing on the lady side. But, North Carolina's won. Everybody's chasing. But there was also conversation last week after the brackets were announced that Maryland would have to play Virginia in the quarters. That's right. And here's what's happened. Tag, we're it. Yep. Off we go. And you're right about Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame. Even Listen, That's Kevin Corgan, I bet Kevin Corgan still is sitting there going, would somebody please explain to me how that happened, mm-hmm. that we're not in this thing? Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on lacrosse. Dana Boyle will join us at uh, 930. What do you think Dana had to say about the, the 24-2 thing? I, I mean, she's a Virginia alum. We will talk to Dana. Like I told you earlier, I would in an elimination game, I would rather get destroyed than lose on some fluky last second. Can shot. you believe we lost by one stinking goal or some a shot that gets thrown in? That's the worst. Is when you get eliminated on some play that you know is going to be a highlight ten years from now, and it will still put salt in the wound. When you get obliterated, it's kind of like, hey, you know what? They were just a better team. What do you want me to say? Right. They, they were just better than we were. I mean, Virginia. The fact that Virginia got into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Remember, they had to upset Syracuse right. to get in it, and they did. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in some respects, hey, you play North Carolina, can get out of control, and it did. But the fact that that streak continues for the Hoos in the NCAA tournament is impressive. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, we're going to revisit a couple of things from our uh, coverage at Amelia Island last week at the ACC Spring Meetings. Dabo Sweeney answered a question from Pack. And the answer is fascinating because it was not probably what you anticipate. That and more of some of our conversations from the spring meetings when Packer and Durham continue. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham on a Monday. Your lucky number is 628 today. 628. Mm. All right. Yep. We're coming up on a milestone this week, big man. Do you know that? Thursday, I'm just going to, this is the last time I'm going to say it. Thursday is a huge day for me and you. Thursday. Thursday is a humongous day for us. Something that no one in their right mind would have ever thought would happen. Don't say that loud. I don't know what it is. Oh, good. Just Thursday, you're in first treat. Thursday. Friday's T-shirt Friday. No, I ain't talking about no stinking. On your way to, eat, I'm not on your way to Italy. About, I'm not talking about no stinking T-shirt. <laughs> Thursday is a big day for us. What do you got? I'm not telling you. What did I just say to you? Thursday, you'll find out. Thursday's a huge day. Okay. And I trust me, nobody thought Thursday was going to happen. So I'm going to tell you. The only that's the tease that for the rest of the show week. Six hundred and thirty-one by my count. That would be accurate. Okay, your math you got that part right. I saw your fingers moving there, Mister okay. Elon. You got that thing rolling. On. <laughs> Twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Got it. There. Yeah, not fooling anybody. No. All right. So Thursday. Thursday. Thursday is a big day. Yeah, it All is. Right. There we go. Uh, it was great to be at Amelia Allen for three Woo! shows last week. I'd say uh, if you did not see Friday's show which basically encapsulated a lot of the interviews from last week uh sit tight we're gonna take some some chunks here in the next couple days out of these to replay in case you miss some of them one comes up here where Dabo Sweeney spent some time you asked him a great question if you were in charge they pay me for right well helps if you were in charge of college football what would be 
your first rule? What what would you do? What would be kind of the policy, right? Tag your it, Dabo. Fix it. Here was his answer. Two things. Number one, to me, because it's immediate on my mind and it's and it's and it's incredibly frustrating, is to be able to bring our roster in for camp in the fall. Right. You know, this one ten rule is the, it's just it's ridiculous. Uh, we're talking about your walk-ons. Right. And um, uh, it, it just they go through spring. They're there all summer. They grind. They train. They're paying their way. Uh, and we're talking about two weeks of camp when your team is most exposed ever. Right. You never have this that amount of time where you're practicing back to back to back to back ever all year. And and you need these guys. And we have to tell them, hey, you got to go, you know, sit over there for 12 days after you've trained all summer. And we're talking about the bottom part of your roster, you know. But what you know, because everybody's either got 115, 120, 125. It really doesn't matter. But to not be able to bring your kids in. That just, it drives me crazy. That would be the first thing. That would be like, poof, done. It would be simple. Uh, you know, and then the second thing, I would blow up the way, the whole governance structure. Because, as I said, we can fix a lot of problems, but you, you, these committees, right. committees for committees for committees for committees, and then you have no representation. You know, you might have 18 people on a committee, but only four really represent your problems. and. It's just, it's trying to fit everything under one tent is way, way, way um, behind us. So I would change the structure, the governance structure, the way things are organized, and I'd get that dang 110 changed um, because that's, it's crazy to me. Really, the first thing he would change is the uh, South Carolina graduate with the leaf blower in the back uh, <laughs> that cranked it up. As soon as Debo sat down, the dude with the leaf blower down there in Millie Island cranked it up. And uh, yeah. I think I, I saw a big old Gamecock right there on his forehead. It's like yeah. typical, trying to sound off uh, Dabo. But that was, his, uh, that was his take. And a lot of what people do do? don't even know about that, the 110. Yeah. But he's he's got a big-time point I here. think he does, too. Dabo normally does. I mean, there's a lot of people in the media that just have it out for him. So they, what it, if he says the sky's blue, he's crazy. God doesn't know what he's talking about. I get it. And you, we'll put you guys over here on the side. You guys going to have a little kumbaya meeting together. Uh, but he said, like, hey, name, image, and likeness. People think I don't have for it. I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be structured right. It can't be one of those deals that's an inducement for recruiting. Right. He's been one of the guys that six weeks ago talked about the lack of education being discussed. He's 1,000% right on that, too. Guy's got a front row seat. He's had incredible success. Mm-hmm. Kind of has a pretty good handle on it. Got to tell you. Um, he said NIL is good, but it's a mess and it's not being used the right way. He's right about that, now, too. People say, well, wait wait a second. It can't be one or the other. Yes, yeah, it, it can. can. Yeah, it can. Um, I thought the comment, though, about the walk-on situation and the 110 and the two weeks – where they have to go away simply because they're not on scholarship, it's insane. That's ridiculous. It's just common sense or the yeah. lack thereof. And and you you say it a lot, and I think it's bearing out. The NCAA is in trouble today because of the lack of common sense in certain rules and regulations and policy. It frustrated the membership, the membership they keep talking about. The membership is frustrated. And why are those rules and regulations short-sighted in some respect? Because they've made rules and regulations to cover 300 and how many schools at Division One. I'll go back to another Dabo quote. 
And he said, hey, the rules and regulations that apply to Alabama don't apply to Middle Tennessee State. That's right. operating at two different levels. Yeah. And that's exactly right. I mean, uh, and, and that's why I keep harping the thing that Jack Swarbrick talked about a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. in Sports Illustrated. The big boys may just pull away eventually and say, listen, we're going to conduct the business how we fit see, how we fit in terms of what we do each and every day. Right. And that is exactly right. And it should be that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, does it make any sense that uh, Bubba Cunningham at North Carolina is making decisions based on his budget and his sports as they are at Davidson College? It's got no knock on Davidson, but they're two different animals. Right. Totally different animals. So, again, the lack of common sense. People making decisions that really have not sat in one of those chairs that understands how you run an athletic program. How do you run a football program? How do you run a baseball program? You need to get input from these folks and say, hey, listen, here's what makes sense for the way we conduct business. Mm -hmm. You can't just go and say, hey, here's the rule everybody applies to. Well, that doesn't make sense from the way we operate. So I think that's where you see the friction and the frustration. I think it also leads to statements like the one Gene Smith made last week. Without question. Talking about where it might be best, might be best, if the college football playoff runs FBS football. And in all honesty, he's right. And all you have to do is hear stuff like this from Dabo Sweeney or start looking at the structure beyond the FBS to understand. And even look, within FBS, there's – there are a lot of differences, right? Without a doubt. Okay, but if you take FBS and say, okay, the 138 or one whatever number that is. 131. That's going to be under the FBS structure. That's going to be under the college football playoff because in reality, they're all trying to get there in one form or fashion. So you take college football and dwindle it down to the 131 from where it is right now in Division One oversight and all that other stuff where you throw the FCS teams in and so forth. Yeah, that's that's a much better way to govern it. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, I saw a quote over the weekend from Nick Saban, who I got nothing but respect for, for what he's accomplished, the way he conducts sure. his business and everything else. And he was talking about, we need to get back to parity. And I started laughing going, well, you're responsible for the lack of it. Wait a minute. You're the last guy that should be talking right. about parity because of your greatness, right? Because of what he's been able to do with Correct. $8 trillion assistance and everything else in the budget. And again, give Alabama all the credit. They've well, they're made talking the- about rules because of what Nick Saban's well, done. Right. And I was laughing. I'm thinking, wait a minute. You're the last guy that should be talking about parity mm-hmm. with college football. But his point, though, big picture was we do need to take a step back and take a little inventory which I now go back to Jim Phillips, the commissioner of the ACC, when everybody was ragging the alliance and what are they talking about? And Jim Phillips made it so crystal clear to people that were actually open-minded and listening. Right. We need. We don't have a college football playoff problem. We have a college football issue. We need to take a step back and kind of figure out where are we with all these issues. Right. And yet people were screaming, oh, the alliance, they're just trying to stop the playoff. Listen, pay attention to what's being said. True. Put the pom-poms down a second and listen. And that's basically what all of, everybody's kind of saying. And, hey, we need to pump the brakes, take inventory, and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Right. And you know what? It can't be just a blanket statement for all 130-some-odd teams and programs, and you expect that to work. Like I said, just like Dabo said, Alabama and Middle Tennessee State, no knock on either one of them. Mm-hmm. But they're operating at two different universes. What makes you think one rule is going to apply to both? It's not going to work. That will not work. Yeah. There will be a problem with that. I think the governance stuff, and look, we all know there's going to be some 
guardrail, the NCAA, for whatever you want to classify it, tried to set up some sort of guidelines for name, image, and likeness last week, right, as it relates to enforcement and nefarious activities and tampering and all these things. Which is fine. Yeah. But, I got no issue with that. Now, now go walk it. Right. Make somebody pay the price. Go, go make an example of someone to show everybody that right. you actually are just not going to give me lip service. But isn't the bigger governance thing here the more important piece? Sure. 100% right. And we're, we're, we're diving down into very narrow crevices in this, like name, image, and likeness, portal, college football playoff expansion is not a narrow crevice, but it's a sidecar to the entire dome of what governance is going to look like. And how's the, how's the authoritarian going to play out on this? And Gene Smith's got a really good idea of the CFP, but where do you start with the CFP? What's that discussion look like? The governance of the membership of these 131, you said, schools that play FBS football. I mean, there's still massive differences between the two. Yeah, but schools have to determine if they are invested in the sport. That's the Let's catch it. I mean, it's no different than you running your own household. Right. What are you committed to doing, mm -hmm. right? Hey, we're going to give X amount of money to the church. We're going to give X amount of money to a charity. We're going to spend this much money on our car. We're going to spend this much you've got to get back to basics here. Mm -hmm. Schools have to also park the ego. I mean, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of people that lose their shirt with college football That's right. that just want to be part of the party. Oh yeah. We're, you know, we're a participant. We're this and that. And that. No, you're not. We I mean, get in the real world. I mean, so I think you've got to come true. You got to look in the mirror and determine, are we committed? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, you can't just give me a lip service on this, right? Because let's be honest, roast beef, A and M, uh, yeah, you may be one of the 131s. You got no chance to ever, let me emphasize the word ever, be in the college football playoff. I don't care if they expand it to 100. Mm -hmm. You I mean, you got to get in the real world. So I, I, I think you got to come have a come to Jesus meeting and kind of go, hey, who are we? Let's define who we are. And let's be, you know, and, and if we're not one of the big boys, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You could still survive the other way. But, I mean, this whole thing that the team that's at 131 is operating the same way as the team that's number one, is no way. The other the no other way. part about that, and it goes back to the question we asked several of these folks last week. We talked to Neil Ivy about it. We talked to some ADs. It, it goes back to the institutions having to make that decision. Tough call. It's sitting in the room, and you're looking at your board of trustees, and you're the president of whoever. And all the stuff that's happening flies in the face of the mission of your university. Yeah. And I want to tell you, there are a lot of schools on that list now, and it's just not the ones you're thinking about. That's the other part about this. And you, we've talked about this. There are schools wildly popular in athletics, right, who are uncomfortable with where this road's going. Or, or they can at least see a choppy road ahead mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And here's the other thing, too, and we'll say this. We've talked about it. This name, image, and likeness thing is fine, for everybody involved until it cuts into the bank of the institution's development, research, facilities, physical plant, whatever you want to call I it. I got news for you. That's going to happen. It is going to happen. That's a guaranteed and it, and it may be happening right now, and those conversations could be happening at some institutions around this country. Some may be in the ACC. I don't know. But there's this is an uncomfortable conversation at some institutions that are 
in Power Five, I'm sure. And, and that's why I was encouraged the last 10 days, mm-hmm. and I mentioned this last week, to see the real movers and shakers in college athletics. And I consider those folks like Jack Swarbrick at Notre Dame, all the conference commissioners, uh, powerful ADs like Gene Smith at Ohio State, that yep. are now being very vocal with the media conversation. Said, hey, here's concept. At least the power brokers are sitting there going, hey, we need to take ownership of this because we know where it's not happening, yep. and that's with the NCAA. So yep. I'm encouraged by that. Now we got to get to some kind of finish line or maybe in some respects – a starting line mm-hmm. forget uh, the finish line so mm-hmm. again it's a fascinating time right now for all of us uh coming up in about 20 minutes we're going to flip this conversation from governance and nil and things like that to that uh 355 schedule that was being bandied about heavily last week in amelia island as it relates to acc football uh the athletic went as far as to project the three opponents for each acc school we'll show you what they said and offer some Contrary thought, maybe, to some of that? Yeah, there's something there I didn't buy at all. Okay, but we'll get to that. Uh, but when we come back, uh, one of the more fascinating conversations we had at Amelia Island last week was with this gentleman, Virginia head basketball coach Tony Bennett. In case you missed it, another terrific conversation with the coach of the Wahoos. We'll replay it for you next. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham. You're sitting here laughing at me. My stupid hobbies. Me and, me and Kreskin here. I know Kreskin. By the way, I saw Kreskin one time. Do you ever see him? <laughs> no. I saw him on the Tonight Show. No, no, no. I saw Kreskin. David I, Letterman, I think. I think he was on Letterman. But um, Kreskin, do we have time to tell this story or not? If we not, just tell Casey to yell in my ear. No. <laughs> But I saw Kreskin at Wake Forest University. Of course you did. Right there at Wake Chapel. Sure you did. And he That's walks, a good place to see kind of something like that. It was that. awesome. Yeah. And I was a little knucklehead kid. And I walked in. Billy, and, what are we doing here? No, Kreskin comes out. Billy. And he says, I want you to think of a number, an odd number, between 1 and 50. Okay. And I saw, I'll say, oh, I'm 37. How many people here are thinking 37. My hands went, went, holy mackerel, this guy's a freaking joke. This guy reads minds. And I was hooked ever since. Still remember to this day, Kreska. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, so I'm taking a class now. You, online. I'm taking an online class. Since You're I take it in Italy? I'm taking it with me to Italy. Wow. With David Blaine, yeah. the magician. Yeah. Online class. 31 straight you days. come back with tricks? I got some already. Do you? Sure do. I'm going to disappear Friday right after the show. <laughs> yes, you two are. Weeks. 10.05 Friday, Packer's going to disappear for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, so he sent me a signed deck of cards, David Blaine did. Where are they? Well, they're upstairs. Well, you have to go get them. Yeah, might I'll, be, uh, I'll show them to the happy television. Might, might unveil that Thursday in our historic show. Historic show. Yeah, no doubt. There we go. All right, how about Tony Bennett? It's always Speaking a- of magic. Yeah. No doubt. When you talk to Tony Bennett, and it can be basketball, it could be just anything, right? You, you tend to learn things, right? You be quiet and you listen. Yeah. Uh, so here's our visit from Amelia Island last week with the Virginia head coach, Tony Bennett. No cookies necessary for this <laughs> visit. How are we doing? Doing well, actually. I... 
for each of you since <laughs> I brought oh, them. Oh, look at this. Next best really? thing. No cookies. Now, they've been in my pack for a while. They might be a little melted and warm, but don't worry about that. So, you got Although, you probably aren't eating those. brings gifts. Best candy going, peanut M&M's. Buttered popcorn and a Coke at the movie or a Pepsi. We're a Pepsi sponsor. Team uh, there you go. Get nice. that right. Best combination you got. All so right. you know I can't have cookies, but that'll do you. Listen, I've given up sweets so far in 22. Give me those back. It's all yours, all right. big man. Yeah. It's the thought <laughs> that counts. You know what? Uh. Obviously, the spring meetings being back to do them in person. It was good. And talk about a time with a lot of change um, and just trying to talk about relevant issues. Of course, the transfer portal and the um, the NIL stuff, but we actually in our, our meetings talked a lot about, you know, our league being, you know, a Wake Forest going 13 and 7, and we went 12 and 8. I don't know, you know, but just some teams getting into the NCAA tournament, because the league is good, but there was a little trend the last couple of years, and, um, you know, just I think there needs to be a little more awareness of how good the middle of our league is and comparing it to some other leagues and how the league improves as the season goes on we lose probably more guys to the nba than most leagues and i think the league evolves and there's always a narrative written early yep. in november and december and somewhat important but i think it's you know as it goes on so there i did my part i was supposed to get that out to the media well, <laughs> it, it, but mark, it's real mark brought this up and we've said it the last couple of days this league had a lot of people leave a year ago not as many come in yeah it feels like not many have left and still we've got guys arriving. Yeah. So maybe it brings the league back a little so. skew more to where we think it should be? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, last year was a great, or the NCAA uh, tournament record. We had how many teams in five? 14 and, wins. And they, yeah. we have 14 and five, the best. And so, yeah, there's, you know, we're returning the majority of our team, which is good for us. And um, the league is, you know, it's always been so top heavy and obviously rightfully so with Duke and Carolina and their history, but, and obviously we've done some pretty special things yes, with them, but, but the middle of the league needs to be respected. And I think sometimes we cast the die too soon um, when it comes to November, December, because leagues improve and a lot of this has to do with the net. So hopefully there's some good transparency and improvement and because it is about getting as many teams as you can in the league. And again, I'm probably in more of the, the exception, but when you look at a, a conference season over the course of time, you know, there's for these guys who've done well in our league and maybe haven't gotten into the NCAA tournament, that means something when you can finish at 500 or above because that's a test. But, um, but no, ACC basketball, it's why I came to the ACC. I'm going into my 14th year. Yeah, you are. Um, I was drawn to it because of Carolina Duke and can we build a program that can go against those schools. And um, it's still such a special thing. And as good as you are at building the pillars of the program, the get old, stay old type concept, right? You now add really highly thought of recruiting class. You've got players you want to come in. So the challenge is still the same as it was in year one. It's just in a different landscape, right? For sure. Yeah. No, I mean, again, I try to be as honest as I can in recruiting because, you know, now if players maybe aren't as happy early on, sure. there's that temptation. Well, I can just you know, jump and go somewhere else and be immediately eligible. So those are real things. But I still believe this, and maybe maybe, um, maybe it's right, maybe it's not. There are the kind of young men that will value the right things. Of course, name, image, and likeness is part of it, and opportunity to play is there. But, but they'll look at it as a longer-term investment, and the education will matter, and developing as a player and battling through some hardship 
and trying to be a part of a championship team. That's stuff. There are those that fit our program, how we do it. It's not for everyone, but if it's for the right ones, as we've shown, special things happen. Upcoming season, everybody back. You've hit the transfer portal. Recruiting class is supposed to be out of sight. I always tell Wes, I don't know anything about basketball until I see what a roster looks like in October. <laughs> yeah. But you may be kind of an exception to the rule, given the experience coming back. Yeah, I hope so. Again, it, um, you know, again, we were, we had some good stretches of basketball this year, and we finished 12 and 8 in the league, and and I think we trended in the right direction. So I hope we can build on that. We went to the NIT, and you know, um, won two games, got to the Elite Eight. I don't know if that's what they call it in the NIT, but it was a good experience for us. You know, we have to improve through development, through the addition of players. Um, but that's the fun challenge about it. It's, it's a puzzle you're putting together, and I always have loved that. And uh, I love the opportunity pr provided. And, and I think you guys would agree with this, just looking at the NCAA tournament, you know, parity um, in basketball, every year it's, it's real. It's getting closer and yeah, closer. And um, I think that presents a great challenge, but um, it's still, still exciting, and I'm hopeful. He's going to have a good team. Yes, he is. I think he's going to have a really good team. Uh, you better get the who's while you could, right? Because, uh, you know, with everybody back, including Ricky Stokes, good recruiting class, <laughs> transfers, guy can coach. Guys at, Clark. I was just kidding, of course. Ricky Stokes. Um, nice. They're going to have experience. Yeah. And if their offense improves a little bit, I think that's one of the things he already knows that needs to be better mm -hmm. uh, in 22-23. Virginia is going to be right back in the thick of it. Yeah. I, um, I look at the Cavaliers, and look, we're going to hear about Carolina. We're going to hear about Duke, the standards, right? Yeah. They're kind of the blue bloods of the thing. And, and they're going to be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really good. question. Um, but to me, Virginia is in that very next group of whatever it is, one, two, or three teams that form whatever your little top five is. Uh, you know – Jaden Gardner, Kihei Clark. Reese Beekman, that, all that counts. I'm going to get ahead of myself again here, and this is a problem because I was wrong, dead wrong last year, and I jumped on the Syracuse bandwagon. Yes. I am fascinated with the Qs. I'm not telling you that I think they're going to win the league. Wait but a don't second. Get, don't get me wrong. Wait here. a second. But I'm fascinated to see, number one, I thought they had a lousy year, right? They'd be the first ones to tell you. Right. I just thought with the Bayheim boys back, I just thought they were kind of primed for a run, and they kind of gave you a little spurt. In January, February, like, oh, there's the team we expected. They got a great recruiting class coming in. Mm -hmm. Bayheim coming off kind of an off year. I'm just kind of curious to see what they do. Now, I'm not telling you they're Duke or Carolina or Virginia because they're not going to be, okay. in my opinion. Yeah, I say this based on I have no idea what a roster looks like. But a really good recruiting class and coming off a tough year, kind of curious to see what they do. And what is it, what's Jim Laranega going to do down there at Miami? Florida State, you know, is going to be back. I'll tell you this. Right? I know Leonard's guys are going right. back. But Laranega's team. They could be pretty good. Could be pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and I think he kind of alluded to it. You know, we he got a chance. We can do this. Yeah, and, he, yeah. He, he, he didn't downplay it entirely. He had, there was still a little sense of hope there. But I, I do think Shades of Blue, Virginia, Miami, Florida State should be out of sight. There you go. Uh, when we come back, we're going to dive into probably – Beyond NIL and Portal, the most discussed topic last week at Amelia Island. When we tear down those division walls, what does the ACC look like in a 3-5-5 model? We will do that next on Packer Day. Packer and Durham.